0: Hey guys it's Kathy here from geek girl meetup UK and you're joining us for the latest episode of geek girl meets it's where we sit down with a fascinating woman in tech to unpick her career in order to share some wisdom with you our listener at home and today I'm delighted to meet someone who I've bonded with through the realm of twitter This is a regular thing, but the lovely thing is that you can sometimes meet people on Twitter and then you meet them face to face and you're welcomed with the biggest hug and it's like you've known each other for ages and it's awesome. So I'm glad to be interviewing Sam Kingston, who is co-founder and client director of Virtual Umbrella. Thank you, Sam.
1: Thank you for having me. It's nice to see
0: you in the flesh. It's lovely to see you. You're not not a Twitter avatar. No, I'm not a bot. (laughs) I'm glad. I also didn't get catfished. You're real. I am real. (laughs) Uh, so thank you so much for coming to do the Geek Girl podcast with That's me, and, and like I said, it's really, really nice to meet you, and uh, we were kind of joking a moment earlier before
1: hitting record, but Sam described herself as a client director and a workaholic. I am, yes. I can't kind of go away from that fact. I am a workaholic. I like working seven days a week <laughs> <laughs> for 24 hours a day. Yeah, Who needs sleep? <laughs> no one. No, no one, one
0: needs no, sleep. No, and in no. the future, maybe we won't need sleep. Won't Who need knows? Sleep. <laughs> So before we kick off with the first question of the podcast, can you tell me a little bit more about Virtual Umbrella and what you
1: do? Of course. So Virtual Umbrella is a marketing company, but all we do is virtual reality. So we do marketing strategies, uh, we work with brands, we work with blue chip companies, we work with small developers, large developers... Basically, anyone that wants to work in VR, we get a call or an email or a tweet going, hey, you do VR, right? Help us. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also do a lot of events as well. So we do small uh, community events and larger conferences as well, which is all about bringing people together to talk about VR, uh, bringing our clients in and bringing in new people as well to kind of you know show off what everyone's doing in the UK um, and just having that opportunity to have a chat about virtual reality which is what i love doing anyway
0: <laughs> well exactly when you can turn a career from your passion yeah perfect definitely <laughs> but let's go right back to the beginning so how did we end up being passionate about vr so let's go way 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 back way 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 back, way, so... way, way, way back. what did
1: you want to be when you were growing up <laughs> okay when i was growing up when i was very very young i was a fanatic about jurassic park so i wanted to dig up dinosaurs that was what I really wanted to do. You have something in common with my five-year-old nephew. Yep, yep, exactly. And to be honest, to this day, I'm still fanatic about dinosaurs, and I cannot get away from that. So if you know, if anyone knows me very well, I have a lot of dinosaur-related things in my home. <laughs> um, but I was never really going to be that person anyway. Um, so when I was at school, I did a lot of arty things. Um, I was didn't really like maths and science. I was more of a, I want to do design, and I want to do art, and... My parents were a little bit kind of, no, no, you need to do the, the other things which are going to get you through college and university. And I was like, no, nope, I want to do art and I want to do drama and all that lovely things which, you know, never, didn't really help me now because I don't use them anymore. But anyway, they probably had a bit more of an insight than I did. You, you um, just said a load of stuff that you typically <laughs> use day to day, by the way. I probably do. You do. You think about yeah. it. I'm just,
0: just point up with drama. Oh, drama yeah. is all about delivery and storytelling. That is very true. Exactly. Very You've true. You've been interviewed right now. That's true. I very dramatic. Think that <laughs>
1: <laughs> i love it <laughs> um yeah i'm clearly a drama queen at heart um um so yeah so i when i left school um i went to college and i did i did psychology and i did history and i also did textiles <laughs> so the design was kind of pulling itself through yeah um and then when it came around to going to university. I actually didn't want to go to university. So it was more of a I think at the time the colleges were kind of like you have to go like that's the next step and I was like no, I can do my own thing and then you know you kind of just do what everybody else is doing so you just kind of close your eyes, point at the page and pick a course. Um so I went and decided to go to University of Winchester and do journalism and media production because uh, I had no idea what I I'd wanted to do with my life. Um so that was interesting that was a really nice you know I think uni for everyone's kind of a, a bit of a curve yeah um you know I drank too much and I wrote a lot of essays and it was great but then when I was kind of getting to my final year I realized that actually this course wasn't really for me I even talked to my tutors about leaving and doing something completely different um but they were like no no this is what you need to do so I didn't have much guidance and I think um I now I now know people that are at university that have the most amazing tutors and amazing sort of you know support that I never had so I'm very jealous <laughs> but it was still a learning curve and I probably wouldn't take it back um so I love Winchester Winchester was great so when I left university I stayed in Winchester for another year because I thought there was no point in going home and a lot of my friends were just going back home we lived in a very small little town just going back to their mundane jobs of working in retail and I refused to go back to retail. Good. I was like, I don't want to do it. I can't do it anymore. You know, I worked at Woolworths uh, when I was at college. I worked all sorts of little jobs to kind of keep myself going. My parents kind of always had a sort of sense that you have to kind of earn, you know, you have to work. I, I mean, I started working when I was 14. So my first job was in a little bridal shop when I was at school. And... I used to dress these beautiful ladies in their wedding dresses and just be like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Like, well, that will be me one day. Not happened yet. But, you know, it's fine. I did all the silly little jobs. Yeah, um, and that was great. And then uh, at uni. So, so yeah, so I was there for four years in Winchester and it got to a point I was working in uh, little shops. I was helping them kind of grow, um, but I wasn't really getting anything back and I didn't really feel like I was using my degree either. So I kind of pulled the plug, said to my friends who I was living with, let's I'm gonna go home because I feel like I'm not really getting anything out of life and I feel like everybody else is getting these beautiful graduate, you know, degrees or, you know, courses and things and I'm just here working in co op and working in a agency and working for a couple of little beautiful little shops in Winchester that didn't really make much sense yeah, at the time. So I handed my um, notice into all my uh, jobs at the time. I think I worked at four jobs or something crazy. like Wow. That. But I would go out every night still because I still thought I was a student. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I handed my notice into everyone and they were like, no, don't leave. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm in my 20s. I need to leave. I need to kind of figure out who I am and what I want to do. And so I went home. And um, I come from a little place called Fleet, which is Tiny. It's like one street.
0: You're from Fleet? I'm
1: from Fleet, hey, yeah. You're so you not far from Fleet. So near Basin Stoke and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, yeah, I kind of walked back into like a, a little life and I was just like, oh God, what have I done? <laughs> um, but the second day I was there, I went and joined the theatre, which is Harlington Theatre, which is run by the council. And I went from going in as a part-time member to a duty manager within a week um, because I was like, I'm better than this, so I can progress. Um, So, I was there for quite a while actually, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing the events and meeting people and doing crazy comedy nights, and we did pantos and stuff. And I kind of went, actually, this is like what I want to do. But probably for the first year. Yeah. To the point where you realise, you know, you're working for a council run building that never has any budget, never has, you know, you're not going to get much further than running a little local panto that's not going to have a lot of people come because it's fleet. We did well, but, you know, you're never going to get too far. Um, But I enjoyed the theatre life because it kind of... I learned a lot, and I learned a lot about people and how you talk to people and how you, you know, connect with them. And the event stuff as well, like, was great because I loved running them and making sure they worked, and that was brilliant. And I kind of... I worked with a lot of people that were younger than me, and I quite found that I was almost like the mother hen, just sort of looking after them, just making sure they were okay, And that's great, and I enjoyed that. Um... And then I got to a point probably about two years into the job when I went, I'm done. I can't do any more. I can't do any more Beatles tribute nights. I need to kind of like actually grow as a person. And I think I was a little bit bored with Fleet as it was because it's a very small town and it's not many things to offer you. Um, So I kind of went, do you know what, I'm just going to have a little nose around. I also actually did a a diploma when I was at the uh, theatre as well. So I did a digital marketing diploma. Because I felt like maybe there's something in there because I, I was doing the marketing for the shows and yeah. I was doing the programmes and I was kind of like, maybe I could do this as well. So I started doing a diploma on the same side. And, um, and that was actually really enjoyable. So it was something to do in the evenings um, when I wasn't at the theatre because theatres kind of take up a lot of your time. I think I worked six days a week, something crazy like that. Um, and then out of the blue, I got a call from a, like a recruitment company and they were like, Hey, like there's this games company and they've just got this new role and I was like, Games? I don't do games. I was like, What are you talking about? I'm from a theatre. They're like <laughs> they were like, Yeah, we thought you'd be perfect and I was like, What? <laughs> what are you talking about? And they were like, Just go for the job And I was like, No, like I don't do games. I've played, you know, my favourite games were like Crash Bandicoot and like Tomb Raider. Like they're probably not interested at all in, you know, local you know the sort of current games they're like just do it just go for it and i was like what is i was like fine fine i'll do it and it was only in farmbro which was like 10 minutes down the road yeah so i was like oh, i might have a change of gear let's check it out and i walked in to uh this lovely games company which was full must be about 30 people in the room all eyes on me and I just walked in and went I am completely out of my depth what am I doing why am I here um and I met the CEO Patrick who was just the most welcoming loveliest man in the world and he was just like telling me all about their company and where they had been so they've done a lot of virtual worlds things and I was like oh okay that's interesting I'm not and I said to him straight out I was like, I'm not a gamer I said you probably hire like you're looking at the completely wrong person he was like well no we're actually we're venturing into something completely different and I was like okay, and what can I do for you? And he was just like, well, we're looking for sort of like a social media executive kind of person. I was like, well, that could be be interesting. And I said, you know, I did all that at the theatre. Like, I'm sure it wouldn't be too hard to kind of conscribe those talents into something else or skills. And um, he, and I could see in the background with my meeting, there was a DK1, which is the Oculus, Oculus development kit. And I went, I've seen one of those before. Like Bertie, who was talking to me about it, who's my business partner now, And I was like, I've seen that. Like, where have I seen that before? And Patrick turned around and went, yeah, oh, yeah, so uh, this is a development kit. Um, This is what we're working on. And I went, okay, all right. So he basically told me everything about VR, and I basically started coming up with all these crazy ideas of what I want to do with it. Um, And my my brain just kind of went into overdrive. And I was just like, ah, this is incredible. This is exactly what I want to do. And he put the headset on me, and I was just like, I was blown away. Completely blown away. I was blown away blown away by the headset i was blown away by what he was talking about and how he was kind of making me feel like i was really involved and really passionate about it and i something clicked in my brain i was like this is what i want to do yeah um and then left the interview uh went home i think i went on holiday two days later uh, to barcelona and i got the call while i was here, while i was on holiday saying i got the job and i was like what Oh my god! I've, I've changed. I've done it, and then I handed my notice in on the Monday when I got back from holiday at the theatre, and they went, "What? What are you doing? Why are you leaving?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm leaving. Sorry, bye." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and started about a week later, uh, which is crazy. So that's awesome, though. That's like my entrance point into VR. Yeah, um, and it was a really weird journey because I never, I always was fascinated by technology and how it could be used and how you utilise it, but I never thought VR would be the way I would turn. And I think the company that I joined actually gave me the opportunity to grow into a technology that was already growing itself, and I could actually put my stamp on it and go, do you know what, I can see the future. And that's what Patrick, the CEO, was also like, and I think we kind of bonded in that way because I was just like, I'm so glad I've met somebody that's on the same wavelength as me. And I like, you know, I go and see him talk at events and I was just like, oh my god, it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's you always have to find those kind of people that drive you to do better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he kind of pushed me into VR and I was, wanted to lap everything up. So I kind of, you know, we I started to do, it I basically turned into their demo person. So I was obviously doing social media, but they started to go to events and this was when VR was quite sort of new and you turn up at a tech event and people were like, what's that? Like, and it was when we would have massive queues, you know, now it's kind of like, oh yeah, there's VR here, here, everywhere. But that was kind of like the first kind of like dirty stage of VR where the headsets were a bit crap. I love that as a description. <laughs> that was the
0: dirty stage of VR.
1: Well, that's how I see it. Because it was like, you know... And it was, you went dirty, not beta. Not beta. But it was beta, but it was dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, it was like we had so many boxes and bags we'd have to drag with us. Now I can throw a headset in my bag and not worry about it. It's fine. You know, I use my phone to show people VR. We had so many like odd development phones and wires and everything so now it's just like a breeze Um, but it was great and I loved the interaction with people and doing those demo demo events because that's what I was used to, I was used to doing the events and I liked talking to developers and just general public about the use of it and showing them really cool games that the company was making and that was great and I really loved doing that seeing somebody smile or scream or cry in VR is an experience that you'll kind of never want to get rid of really you know it's that first time somebody puts a heads up going oh my god and they reach out and try and touch the person next to them or try and grab you because they're really scared or somebody takes it off and goes oh my god that's amazing like how have I not seen this before and that's something that kind of really stays with you yeah and that's such a lovely thing um and it's so nice that I still get to do that today um people still kind of you know we had we uh, work with a really cool client at the moment that's doing a drama piece and it's quite a dark piece. And I've had a couple of people take their heads off and they cry just out of, like, awe. They're just like, oh, it's amazing. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you see it too. Let's cry together. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so that's kind of my transition into VR. And then um, the move into kind of leaving was um, a tricky situation. Um, I was only at Endreams, which is the company I was at, for nine months. And then my business partner spoke to me in the Christmas beforehand um, saying that he he was just about to graduate, just a lot younger than me. And he kind of went, do you know what? I really want to start my own thing. I really want to do my own kind of marketing company. And I went, well, I really want to do VR. Like that's a thing I really want to do, but I feel like I could do a lot more doing my own thing than being a part of something. And that was kind of where the transition happened. And in the space of a couple of months, a turn from working for a games company to being a consultant for two or three weeks then going into building virtual umbrella which was the scariest transition i've ever been in but it was really worth it because it's it's what i do now um so we had that you know first kind of three months initial what the hell are we doing <laughs> why did we decide to do this but i think that's most founders oh, yeah, at the beginning isn't great. it but why did i why did i quit my security <laughs> <laughs> the blanket um, is gone the blanket is gone yeah um so me and bertie decided to kind of throw ourselves into it uh he was still working his full-time job because we still needed a bit of security but i was like i'm gonna do it i want to go all the way in and he was like that's fine so we had a point where i'd work all day he'd come home from work we'd work into the evening and then he'd be like i'm really tired and I, I know, but it will be worth it in the end, up to the point where he had to quit his job because we had too much work going on. But that's great. That Just was to a random really nice sleep. A little bit. Yeah. Now we don't need sleep. No, no, no. no one needs sleep. It's fine. It's what coffee's for. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's this work life balance? It's not a thing. No, no one, one needs work life
1: balance. No, 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 of course not. It's fine. Bye. So how long have you been doing virtual umbrella now for? Uh, so virtual umbrella is about I would say, officially, 16 to 18 months old. Aww. So we're still babies. You're almost a toddler. We're almost a toddler, yeah. um, which is fantastic. But in a very, very short amount of time, we have done so much. Um, we're just about to transition into rebranding, and that's a scary thing as it is. But, you know, we're growing up a little bit, so it's kind of, you have to go from, we're not really a startup anymore... I can't get away with, you know, being a bit cheeky here, there and everywhere. I kind of have to turn into a little bit more of a corporate head. So we've decided to change our logo and things like that. So all these things are coming, which I think is really exciting. And internally, we're having some switches around, which is cool. So, which basically means hiring, which is scary as hell. (laughs) (laughs) It's also really exciting, though. Which is really exciting. Um, I kind of want to, you know build on my passion but also push it onto other people (laughs) and sort of bring people in that are just as excited about the technology and go here you go let's let's build something amazing together um and then hopefully in a couple of years time sort of look back and go oh look at all these people that are in this one room we've all come together because we love the one you know the same thing which i think is really cool so if
0: you had to nail it down to one thing Mm. what's the one thing that you absolutely love
1: Mm. about what you do oh my goodness Probably two things, uh, but yeah. My initial thing is showing people VR. Yeah, like I said before, it's that initial somebody putting a headset on, maybe not being quite sure of it either, because that's always an exciting point. If you've got somebody that's quite skeptical and oh, I don't really want to try it, I'm just, just just trust me, put it on. And it's the moment they come out of their headset and they get either incredibly emotional or excited about the possibilities. That's the most exciting part about my job. I get to go into offices that I've never been into or agencies or, you know, big companies and they have, they think they know what they're talking about, but the moment you put a headset on they just switch. Yeah. You can see it in their face and that, I think that's really cool. And I think a lot of developers feel the same because I think though, those developers, and especially the small developers that have been doing this for so long, you know, those first initial events that were very small, you know, but you still see that kind of... Uh, transition from being, I'm not really sure about this but actually this is really amazing and those people have actually stuck with the community for such a long time as well and that just makes it even better because they get to see everyone grow and I think that's really, really, really nice. Makes you excited about the future. (laughs) You said a crucial word there which leads me to my next question. Mm. So
0: speaking of future Mm. obviously in the grand scheme of things VR is still very, very new. Yeah, Very new. We're a well you'll know more than i will on this but we're still a way off having that at kind of a, a critical level where a lot of people are adopting it as a yeah. as a technology and it's kind <laughs> of the norm but obviously vr is it's an enabler it's something oh. that'll be used across industries across experiences what are some of the the things that you think might happen in the future that you're
1: most excited by mm. if it does pop up i think sort of developing or Bringing virtuality into education is incredibly exciting. Um, I never had the best time at school and I was never very like, I wasn't really that person to do well in essays or I'd have to really try really hard to kind of make sure that I was doing everything right. I think I'm a bit more of a, I I loved coursework, but I think that was a bit more me. But I see the same in like my siblings. I've, I've got a lot of younger siblings and they hate, I think they work very similar to me. And it's the fact that If I go home and I take a VR headset with me and I show them something that, you know, taking them back to Egypt or I take them somewhere that is related to a topic that they're doing at school, they'll pick up on that a lot quicker than they would do maybe from a textbook. Yeah. And I think that's quite exciting in a way of helping them, you know, really engage with the school subjects. Um, especially depending on the way you learn, because that was always kind of a thing that I learnt in college. It was like, oh, you know, maybe you're a visual learner, or you listen, or you take on facts. And I think VR might be a really nice added bonus to a lot of schools, and especially, like, universities, because I know that a lot of them are building their own VR labs now, so they can bring that in for courses and things. But in terms of kids, it's kind of, you know, being able to take them across the world where maybe a school can't take them on a school trip or... Um, you know, there's so many different benefits. I think it would be really intriguing to see it. Um, you know, it's like when I, when I was at school, like getting the first kind of computer in was like the most amazing thing in the world. And now I speak to my young sims and they're like, yeah, we've each got an iPad. And I'm like, what? I don't have an iPad, you know. But, you know, my next stage would be like, imagine if they all had a VR headset just in a classroom where they could maybe explore... Um, a history lesson or something, and they could go back and see the trenches properly instead of just from pictures. Yeah. Um, Being able to import that into lesson plans would be amazing. Um, You know, there's things that, you know, even things for, as a a couple of companies at the moment that are working on visual and smells and things for VR, which actually help disabled children in terms of light and sound and everything like that, that actually would enable them to maybe feel a little bit more comfortable in classroom settings and so there's a lot of different conversations like that but that blows my mind you know being able to really benefit somebody and really help them because um like I say there's a lot of there's a lot of skeptics I think when it comes to virtual reality and I think I'm trying to make sure that people know all of the options and all of the things that people can really you know have long-term benefits for not just go oh look at my cool app that i made for vr it's like no let's (laughs) actually grow from that aspect and go yes that's a really cool app i love going on a roller coaster or i love being underwater but why don't we make something that's actually gonna be used over and over again not just that one time little marketing tool you know that kind of thing yeah Something that's actually going to benefit schools and kids and help them along the way. So create longevity with whatever the product is oh, for virtual reality. Definitely. God. Definitely. That's all, all, what I'm all about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. I. You know what? If, if... I say if. When virtual reality starts being used in schools... Mm gonna say that might be when i end up having children but that's not even <laughs> a certain but when there are people that i know that have kids i'm gonna be really jealous of those kids <laughs>
1: yeah, i'm already jealous <laughs> yeah I,
0: yeah it's a whole different way of of learning yeah, yeah
1: that is a really 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 exciting space mm. i know that there's um a thing called google expeditions and it's all about you know sort of um filming things about refugees and all that kind of stuff so are they taking google cardboards to a couple of schools at the moment and do all that kind of stuff th- all that kind of stuff. So. That's kind of the starting point of, you know, being really able to introduce something that the teachers are comfortable with, the schools are comfortable with, and the kids are comfortable with and actually excited about. You know, I, I know so many younger people that are absolutely addicted to technology and really love putting their face in their phone. <laughs> um, like it's my a, younger sister. It's such a weird um, way of summarising, is it? I like yeah. putting my face in yeah. my phone. Yeah. But it's, you know, if you sit on a tube or... Oh, yeah, no, I like that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I think when I was younger, it was more probably I was trying to hack into trying to go on social media, you know, when Bebo and MySpace was around and my dad was like, no, you're not allowed on it. And now it's like my sister's like, yeah, I'm just on Facebook. And I'm like... I didn't have that when I was like your age. That's not fair. Um, have we have we reached that stage now
0: where you turn to younger people and go, "You have it so easy"? Yes. <laughs> when, when I was a teenager and Facebook first started, I struggled to get it on a feature phone. I wasn't allowed it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's. I think that's also a part of just technology, isn't it? As itself, you know, it's moved so quickly. Um, you know, and and the beauty of VR is as well that the reason why we can do vr a lot better now is because of phones because of things like 4k and being able to build these beautiful screens that actually allow you to make these headsets which i think is really important um you know i what 10 years ago i didn't really rely on my phone as much as i do now and now it's an extension of my arm really you know i work on it i do obviously social media and things like that but it means that i can work anywhere around the world which is incredible but it also means that i can show vr at the same time which is great Your phone is the remote control of life. Oh my goodness, yeah, that's scary. (laughs) No, I know, but it's it's
0: the way we're going. Yeah, definitely. Until, you know, bionics and stuff, and then it's just actually in our arms. Anyway, different conversation. Next stage. (laughs) So looping back to you as a founder, Mm. right, what would be the biggest piece of advice you'd give to someone Mm. Who, um, whether it's in their career, whether it's them setting up their own business, you know, a lesson kind of learned from your own experiences. What would you pass on to Ooh. someone else? Um,
1: I would always take advice from others. So even if you don't want to hear it, always ask for advice. Um, because especially for me, like I've never, I've never created a business before. I had no idea what I was doing, but I also thought that I was the best at doing it because you're in that situation. You go, oh, I know how to, you know. Pay my taxes and all that kind of thing. Um, but I would always look back to people that I've worked with in the past or people that actually have created their own businesses and been doing it for 10, 20, 30 years. I've always gone back and go, Look, I'm doing this thing. Is it stupid? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Should I be doing this? Um, and they've actually given me the best advice in the world. It's always good to listen to them. Even if you don't think it's um, relatable, it might be in the next six months to 12 months. Uh, and I think that's that's really nice to be able to be open with people and just go look I don't know what I'm doing please tell me like if I'm doing it wrong um you know criticism is always the best thing um really good criticism (laughs) on that
0: note in in terms of taking advice from people you obviously said earlier that when you first stepped into Mm. VR and the gaming space Patrick was quite an influence and helpful and really kind of inspiring you and getting definitely. you pumped right definitely who else has been an inspiration to you do you think Ooh.
1: i would say actually holly from gadget has been an absolute dreamer of a inspiration idol to me because she's somebody that i when i was t- when i was starting out with the company there wasn't a lot of people that i could kind of turn to in terms of like having maybe like an online voice and you know doing public speaking or even tweeting sometimes of my own opinion was like the hardest thing in the world I was just like what if somebody judges me what they throw forks or spears at me um and I think that I think Bertie actually introduced the website to me and was like just check it out you know there's a community out there that's not just you know that's actually for you and I think you would enjoy it and then from then on, I was just reading her articles and watching her be herself online actually really helped me grow as a as a woman and actually as a, a co-founder and a businesswoman because I was like, actually, I can say what I want and I do have my own opinions and I should be brave enough to be able to explore that. Um, and from then, you know, I, I started writing a lot more and I actually started attending more events where I actually speak in front of other people because that sort of then I realised actually what my, my opinion or my thoughts on things matter and I found that a lot of other people liked hearing it <laughs> I might be very sarcastic about it but I I quite like doing that um, so Holly actually she probably doesn't know this but she did actually help me kind of drive out of a, a sort of a thought process yeah. of me going oh no I'm not I'm not worth talking to or I'm not really worth writing about myself or reflecting or anything like that so actually following her and actually following her story and everything actually really helped me which was amazing um and the, again in terms of vr patrick was always the person that kind of drove me into thinking well he's incredibly passionate about this um there is a joke within the industry that i call him my vr dad because Aww. he is the guy that introduced me and he will be the person that i always go back to i mean we've we always talk we we meet up and we chat about the company and i think that's incredible if somebody that you used to work with can do that for you like it's the best thing in the world oh god yeah um and Bertie is an, is an idol of mine as well um I get to work with him every day and I have to watch he has to watch me stress and I have to watch him stress out and if you can do that together and not completely break I think that's pretty cool <laughs> so yeah I would definitely say that he helps me continue and helps me to grow and I think I do the same for him, which I think is very, very important. Yeah. If you're going to go into business with somebody, you need to know exactly who you're go- who you are going into business with, and knowing that you can trust them completely with everything, um, and that's quite a hard thing to do. Um, so I think we're very lucky; we've never had a big fight yet on the business and we've never gone that's it i'm gonna fire you no i'm gonna fire you (laughs) so i think that's a good sign (laughs) that's good i think that's you know it's a critical
0: thing in in terms of going into business with someone and you hear this all of the time right you can be you may not have known each other for very long and if you unless you have that very open dialogue Mm. and you're very authentic and you're very raw yeah it's just
1: not going to work. No, exactly. You can't trust someone that can't do that, unfortunately. No, exactly. You have to be honest. If you're not honest, there's no point. Um, you know, he knows when I have a tummy ache. You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> update. I'm, I update. have a stomach ache. I'm going to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and he does the same. You know, he's got, you know, the same. But you kind of have to. You're you're building something that's eventually going to be something that's huge. or It's already huge in the part of me, but it's something you're doing together. Um, and that's actually initially something that you're going to be known for for a very long time. Um, and especially as we are, we are growing with VR, we're growing with the industry. Um, we don't know where we're going to be in five, ten years time. Yeah. I've betted my career on VR, which is incredibly scary, but I believe in it enough that I think it's going to go somewhere and he does the same. So if you ever want to build a company with someone, just make sure that you can tell them when you have a tummy ache or when you're going to the toilet, because Trust me, if they if they really don't care, then they're not worth it. <laughs> Brilliant advice.
0: Luke got to obviously you talked about Holly and you know like I love Holly. Like mm. she's amazing. She's done a Geek Girl Meets podcast yeah. with me before and she's just, she's just fab. I love her. Like I don't think she quite realises that I have a huge crush. Anyway. <laughs> love you, Holly. Um Obviously, you kind of got introduced to her through Gadget, but which leads me to then ask, you know, aside mm. from Gadget, what else are you kind of mm. reading or listening to? Where do you get all of your kind of VR nuggets
1: or your, your kind of founder nuggets of wisdom or inspiration? I, I Basically, it's people that I find on Twitter. That's really random, but um, there's some really good business blogs online. Um, and to be fair, actually, LinkedIn is pretty awesome for the really creative I effed up at work and this is how I solved it, or I was a founder and I lost 36 clients in a week, kind of things. Um, and to be fair they come out of kind of random findings, and um, as a co-founder and as a you know somebody running a startup company i don't have a lot of time to do much reading yeah um, which frustrates the hell out of me because i have about six or seven books piled up at home that i really want to read and they're all about growing your business and all this kind of stuff which i thought at the time was like yes i need to read that and i'm going to grow from it but sometimes reading you know a, a really really quick linkedin article or going onto medium and finding something that actually relates to me is sometimes a little bit more important or actually kind of sticks in my mind a bit more than a a whole hundred and fifty page book (laughs) that is telling me how to run my business. Um so I think it's just yeah finding the little secret articles and little sweet things online that actually makes more of an impact to me than having something I dedicate my time to. Um when I did first when I did first start in VR I used to listen to a podcast called Voices of VR it's something i listen to now and again if i'm in the gym or, or just on the, on the on commuting or something like that but they it's a great podcast um it's a guy called kevin who just interviews anybody he loves in vr and it's great they talk about everything and anything so it could be from storytelling you know empathy work to education to healthcare to gaming to all sorts you know where we think the future of vr is and it's just something nice to listen to Normally normally like five minutes long and it's just little nuggets that you can listen to here there and everywhere um but there are so many things I would love to find the time to actually listen into or actually read I just need to dedicate a bit more time to it um so I need to hunt them down (laughs) it's hard though because there is just Mm. there is just so much out there yeah Definitely. I get sent a lot of things as well. I get sent a lot of emails going, read this, read that. And I'm like, I want to, but I just don't have the time. Maybe I need to spend a bit more time figuring out what I want to look at. Yeah. Um, And actually a lot of people that I know on Twitter are great for that because they often link me into things. Uh, Holly's fantastic for things like that because she'll just go, "Oh, read this. And i go, yep, sure, I'm on the train. I'm going to read it really quickly. I think it's, again, it's, you know, it's the way we are with technology. You want something quick and easy and fast. Um, I think that's why a lot of people like Twitter because they want their news quick. Yeah, um, that's my news feed. Yeah, it's my oh definitely it's my news feed. I want to know like today well, what happened with Bake Off or you know what the weather's doing. It's Moving to Channel Four. It's moving to Channel Four. It's terrible spoilers.
0: <laughs> Everyone's really upset in a very British way. God, it's a bitch that Mary Berry should go to Channel Four. Anyway. <laughs>
1: i'm sure Both it'll be fine <laughs> don't panic <laughs> it'll be okay
0: thank you so much for joining me that's it okay. is
1: not a problem at all
0: and rather yes. excitedly this is not the only time you're going to be joining me no no not at all. so sam is going to be heading to our conference mm-hmm. on the 8th of october so if you haven't heard which hopefully you have already and if not where have you been go buy a ticket now please um <laughs> the geek girl uk conference is coming up on the 8th of october so we're going to be looking at the way we're wired sam is going to be on a panel Uh discussing the future of vr along with another bunch of awesome women. So if you want to find out more about where VR is going, so obviously we touched on education mm-hmm. earlier, but education is just one area. It's a tiny, tiny part. <laughs> a Tiny, tiny part of a whole different virtual world. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So if you want to find out more and you're interested in VR, then do think about coming to the Geek Girl Conference and go get tickets and you can meet Sam in person. And she is also going to bring along a couple of VR kits for those that want to play. Yes, I'm going to... Be your
1: uh, vr guide through this conference <laughs> you're my vr guru guru oh, i love it yeah yes, that's, that's officially it. the title now i think i might change that from workaholic to guru <laughs> <laughs> it sounds better doesn't it, does it? Sound yeah i was thinking about vr wizard uh, <gasps> but i think guru kind of works wizard could wizard also work. or, or, yeah, yeah. I, to, I might just change it dramatically on linkedin and people would be like what what's happened I think you should almost do like a Twitter poll. I should do it. I do that now.
0: Let's let's do that. And then we'll we'll share the results after this podcast goes live. Brilliant. So thanks for joining us. As always, if you want to stay in the loop with everything Geek Girl Meetup UK, then head to our website and sign up for our newsletter. You can also grab tickets online. You can also follow us on Twitter at GGMUK. We're Geek Girl Meetup UK on Facebook. And I'm Cathy White 10 and Samantha, more importantly, how do people reach you?
1: oh twitter <laughs> that's probably the most important um so i am k underscore samantha one on twitter but we also have a virtual umbrella as well but you can probably reach me on twitter is the quickest, and i will respond
0: <laughs> so you need to go and let samantha know whether she should be a vr guru or mm-hmm. a vr wizard sounds good yeah i might just take both <laughs> hey i think you can i think you can definitely rock both yeah i think so yeah
1: But yeah, you decide. (laughs) (laughs) It lies with you.
0: And on that note, thanks for joining and we'll speak next week. Bye.